APU. American Public University is proud to present The Everyday Scholar. Hello, my name is Dr. Bjorn Mercer, and today we're talking to Dr. Allison Slade and Dr. Amanda McLean, both associate faculty in the School of Arts, Humanities, and Education. And today our conversation is about why study communication. Welcome, Allison and Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited about this. Communication is a great field. And most importantly, there's so many wonderful skills that you learn in communication. And so my first question is, why study in the field of communication anyways? So I think first I'm going to talk a little bit about what the field of communication is. I like to think of the field of communication as an umbrella term that covers three different types of communication. And the first is interpersonal, two people talking face-to-face or two people talking via text. The second one is small group communications. For example, in business, when you have groups of people talking to other groups of people like B2B sales. And then the third type of communication is mass communication. And that's generally when you have one person talking to many through a newspaper or television, different types of media like that. And so the field of communication encompasses everything from two people talking to the president giving a speech on television on every media channel there is. And then why study communication? Allison, do you want to talk about that? Yes, I can. Why study communication? Communication is absolutely inevitable. It surrounds us every day. One of my favorite quotes from uh, Marshall McLuhan is, one cannot not communicate. And this is absolutely true. Everything we do, whether it is verbal or nonverbal, communicates with others. And so understanding communication and how communication impacts your life is very valuable skill. It is one of the top skills that employers actually look for. Both oral and written communication are top, always in the top three. And so Having those skill sets and understanding why communication is a vital part of our everyday world is super important, and you really should focus on that. Excellent. And those are both wonderful responses about uh, what is the field of communication and why study communication. And I guess my first question for you, Allison, is why did you study communication? What really drew you into the field of communication? I'll be honest, I started out as a journalism major and I thought I wanted to change the world as a reporter and could not pass the AP style writing test in Journalism 101. And so at the same time I was taking the Journalism 101 class, I was actually taking a Foundations of Mass Communication class. And in that course, my teacher was so inspiring and really it spoke to me on a lot of different levels. So my area of focus and study is mass communication. You know, I always used to tell people that I'm a glorified uh, couch potato because I get paid to teach and write about television. Uh, For the most part, that is my main area of study. Uh, But so um, that's how I got started. And then because of that, because I fell in love with that, other opportunities opened for me. I did not want to just be stuck in teaching things that perhaps did not appeal to me. I wanted to be able to share my love of television with others and other students. And to do that, I had to go on and get a master's and a PhD in communication. Of course, those are not requirements to work a wonderful job in communication if it interests you. But because I did want to share and teach, I needed to do that. 
And so, as I was saying, it opened other avenues too, because it led me to work in radio. I worked in radio a little bit after I finished my PhD. Even I was still teaching, but I worked in radio and I've worked in television a little bit also. So there's so many other doors than just teaching that I've been able to use my PhD and my knowledge in MassCom. Excellent. And Amanda, we previously had a podcast about streaming services and how much they've changed and how that has changed mass media, I guess, and consumption. Why did you go into communication originally? I grew up loving media. In my house, the TV was always on. We had a subscription to People magazine. I read it every week. And I was just really, really interested in media and how people communicated. And then I went to undergraduate college and I majored in communications because that's what I was interested in. That's what I wanted to study. And after I graduated, I was living in San Francisco in 2001, which was the time of the big uh, tech surge. And I was introduced to a form of social media called Friendster, which was one of the early forms of social media. And I thought it was fascinating. And I really loved using it. And I thought the societal implications were super interesting. And I decided I had to go back to school. I had to keep studying media. And eventually that led me all the way to here. Thank you for sharing. And so since both of you have years and years of practical experience plus years of study, what can you do with a communication degree? And also, if you could also tell people, what are the different types of communication degrees out there? Well, you can do so much with a communication degree. It's a really broad degree, and there are a couple different types. But no matter what you specialize in, you can certainly get jobs in sales, marketing, account management, project management, social media management. You could do so many, many things with a comm degree. And of course, you could also go to graduate school if you wanted to. I've had former students go on to law school or go on to get master's degrees in different disciplines. I was looking up some stats earlier, and media and communication jobs are projected to grow at a rate of 4% in the next 10 years, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. My specialization is social media, and everybody has social media. Every organization, every hospital, every sports team, every business, you need social media. You don't even need a website anymore, but you need a Facebook page. So who runs that? Communication majors run that. They run social media. And of course, in addition to other things. Allison, do you want to add to that? Yes, I will. That is all absolutely wonderful fields that you can go into with a degree in communication. And also, I don't want people to think that communication is one of those short-changed areas as far as income. Because social media is so prevalent and because it is a specialized skill to know how to use not only social media skills and marketing for businesses and corporations and sports teams and all the things Amanda was listing, you are no longer going to be making a low income. The average salary for a social media manager is around 50000 I was looking that up too, and my students are always shocked to hear that. When I was in undergraduate school and they said, oh, you can go be a radio DJ and earn 14000 a year. And I said, I will eat air. Uh, you have to be. So, you know, it's changed now. Now this is 25 years later and you can actually earn a pretty good living doing communication stuff. So don't sell yourself short just because you think, oh, it's communications, liberal arts. You know, that's not true. These social media um, and marketers and other areas are paid quite well. I'm glad you brought up social media and income potential because I remember when I was going through school, communication was largely journalism and mass comm. And of course there's rhetoric, but that was more, I guess you could say specialized. And so back then, I'm not gonna say it was limited, but it was very visual that journalism 
and again, mass comm, TV, radio. And fast forward to today, journalism is very tough to get traditional journalistic jobs. So many cuts. And getting on TV is, well, as before, really, really hard and takes a certain type of personality. And so can you talk a little bit about how communication experts can potentially be entrepreneurial and do their own thing and find revenue streams, say on YouTube, or even, quote, be influencers so students in the social media class actually watch a really cool TED Talk by Rachel David, and she actually discusses how social media influencers and that area of communication is like the wild, wild west. It is virtually uncharted territory. And even though we do see a lot of influencers, both celebrities and non-celebrities, it is still a very young way to introduce product and introduce your brand or different brands to others. And I think that it's interesting how a lot of students comment, and I know a lot of other people comment, that they would rather listen to a common person or the average person talk to them about why they use a certain product or they tend to gravitate towards a certain brand because the average person is more relatable. I mean, Kim Kardashian can try and sell her makeup all day, but we're not going to look like Kim Kardashian, right? We're going to look like Molly Jones down the street who's trying out this really cool lipstick or eyeshadow look, and, and people can relate to that a much easier also think that when you're saying entrepreneurial, the skill sets that you learn in communication courses will allow you to understand how all of that works. I mean, it's a different day and age. My youngest children are twins. They're nine. And they talk all the time about wanting to be YouTubers. And when I ask them what they want to do, they say, oh, we're going to make some vlogs and we're going to talk about games and we're going to do all this stuff. And they use words that they don't learn in school. They learn this stuff by being immersed in this world of social media. And Allison, thank you for that great response. And, you know, one of the things that's hard to really fathom is just how students can go into social media and influencers, because like you said, there's really no charted path. And there's really no X plus Y equals <laughs> a job. And so that's why so many jobs out there are great and more traditional, such as social media manager and whatnot. And so that leads us to the next question is what kind of classes will I take in a communication degree? So the different classes that you'll take in a communication degree will vary. Here at APUS and AMU, we have two different tracks for a Bachelor's of Arts in Communication. And one is the uh, digital media track and one is the strategic communication track. And in both of these classes or pathways, you're going to be able to immerse yourself in a variety of types of communication. The general core classes are going to be more general, but they're good introductory classes to communication and to get you excited about what you will be studying. And so, for example, you would take a social media class, you'll take public speaking, intercultural, mass comm, ethics, and learning about theory and research skills. And then we have a variety of courses for you to choose from to continue to beef up what you want to study based on which track you're going to go into. So we have communication gender courses, digital tools and media courses, interpersonal. We have a conflict, media law, and persuasion. And we also have a journalism course. There's a history of journalism, so you can understand the pathway that journalism has had since we before we were the United States of America. And then once you branch off into your chosen area, we digital common media design, you'll be able to focus more intently on those digital skills that communication analytics, for example, visual communication, building digital presence. 
And strategic communication will be a little bit more of the other direction, talking about inclusive communication, situational communication, leadership, and career management as far as strategic communication goes. So there's two different paths, but what I really like about our program is that you get such a well-rounded image of communication from both sides. It's not totally mass comm heavy and it's not totally speech comm heavy. I do think we have a, a great balance. And then we have two of the fastest growing areas actually for our degree track programs are digital media and strategic communication. Those are two of the fastest growing majors in comm uh, now currently. So we have great choices to choose from here. Yeah. And let me just add a little bit. If you are more of a business oriented type person, you might be more interested in the strategic communication courses. They're about planning your media messages, reaching certain targeted audiences, and figuring out how to get your message across. Whereas if you're more of a creative person, you might be more interested in the digital media track where you're learning about visual aesthetics and how to create interesting displays to attract audiences. Excellent. Thank you for that great overview of uh, the tracks of the BA in communication here at APOS. And today we're speaking with Dr. Allison Slade and Dr. Amanda McLean, and we'll be right back after a short break. At American Public University, we believe that higher education can unlock higher purpose. So we offer 200 modern programs for those who want to make a difference. And we believe education must adapt to students' needs. That's why we've made it accessible through online classes and flexible with monthly program starts. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. And we're back with Dr. Allison Slade and Dr. Amanda McLean. And so my question now is, put your creative head on. Think about the future. And if there were no limits, what would you do? So starting with Amanda, if you could be a successful social media person, what would you do? How would you do it? And how would you make money? And again, this is, don't think of limitations. Don't actually think of revenue streams or how it'll actually work. Just think of like, imagine that if things actually went well, what would that look like? The hardest thing to do in social media is to, quote unquote, go viral, to have a video or a meme that spreads like wildfire across the internet and across our culture and into everybody so that everybody knows what you're talking about. So if you could somehow harness your creativity and harness your knowledge of people and culture and put that together into like the most hilarious meme or the most amazing video that everybody wants to see and people can't stop watching, I would love to do that. And you could have that across multiple platforms. You can see the same video or meme on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. It's such of the moment, uh, zeitgeisty right now. If I could do that, then I could write my own ticket. I could have advertisers come to me. I could deliver them the eyeballs or the audiences. I could have my branded partnerships with different companies. I could become a spokesperson, become an influencer. You could do whatever you wanted. The money would uh, come to you if you could somehow make that happen. And very briefly, can you explain what branded partnerships are? Sure. Branded partnership is when you take yourself, if you are an influencer or you're a vlogger, somebody like that, an e-gamer, someone who has a Twitch stream or a YouTube channel, and you create a partnership with a company selling a product, like I could have a partnership with Yeti and I could say, this is an amazing cooler. Let me tell you all about this cooler and why it's so awesome. 
that would be a branded partnership between myself and Yeti, assuming I had an audience that Yeti wanted to reach. Excellent. And Allison, if you could dream and make it happen, and it did happen, <laughs> what would you do? I see. I think from a different perspective for me it would be I would I would like to do something that would be just fun. And I would definitely delegate all of that. That sounds like a lot of work to then have to be in control of all of the influencers and all of the partnerships and all of those things. So I would definitely if, if sky was the limit and I had my choice, I would kind of want to be like Mark Zuckerberg, who really doesn't do anything except, hey, don't say that. I mean, I know that sounds simple, but it's true, right? He has people that do everything for him now. So if I was going to be at the top of the pinnacle of the world of what we want to be, <laughs> you know, that self-actualization that Maslow says is so hard to reach, that would be it, right? And that's a great comment because when you get to the top, CEOs, people like that, I would have to question, this might come off as harsh, but how much work do they actually do? They're in meetings all day. They talk. They talk to other people. They use their influence. They're essentially influencers, but very typical business type of influencers. And then they have all their people go do the work for them. How often does Zuckerberg now look over Excel files, add different formulas to Excel files to figure out X, Y, and Z? I mean, never. You know, his, his job, along with all those, say, captains of industry, I don't know if there's a gender neutral for captain, but those captains of industry, they just sit around and talk all day, which is needed. But as you were saying, Allison, that's a great gig. It's a great gig when you have become a unicorn like Facebook or TikTok or whatever it is, and then you can decide where you want to invest your money. So you're evaluating other people's ideas in hopes of finding the next unicorn. And that's great. And you'll often hear about unicorns in, in the investing world. They're always chasing after the unicorn because that one unicorn will make them enough money for 10 years for 20 years. If you invested into Facebook back when it started, that was the only thing you needed to invest in. You could have failed with a dozen, two dozen other investments, but that one investment in Facebook would have made all your money. For me, if I had the ability to dream and it worked out, I would put out my children's music and it would go onto Spotify and it would go onto Google and iTunes and then eventually have some sort of visuals on YouTube and then people would just listen to it. And that would have enough of a revenue stream that it would make some money. I think that's a very doable dream, but at the same time, it takes a lot of work <laughs> just to create the content. And that's where I wanted to transition for people who do create content and content could be podcasts, it could be videos, it could be music. Why is content so labor intensive yet, especially with videos these days, people almost demand videos. Content creation requires a lot of work and a lot of aspects of content creation you would learn in communication classes. One, how to actually create your content, whether it's video, audio, pictures, illustrations, right? So there's actually that. And then you need the skill of being able to schedule it. You need to understand how social media platforms work, which audience goes to which platform, who you're trying to reach, how is the best way to reach them? If you're trying to reach children under 10, where are those kids? How do you reach them? Is TikTok the place to advertise? Is Twitter the place to advertise? Twitter's not the place to advertise to kids, right? These are things we talk about in our classes is how to reach who you need to reach. So then a third skill you would probably need, and this is probably once you're a little bit more advanced or if you're working for a larger company, is budgeting because a lot of times you're paying to place your ads online. You're paying for placement. You're paying for your YouTube video to be on the front page of YouTube or other places. And to figure out how much money is your budget, how can you best spend your budget on certain places, 
is a necessary skill. And then the fourth skill is the ability to assess what you've been doing to figure out what's working and how you're going to extend that or to figure out, hey, it's not working. I need to figure out a new plan. And that's part of strategic communication. So I I also agree with everything Amanda said. And I think interestingly too, you also have to think about how your content is going to be A, competing with everybody else that is out there. So what makes you unique, makes you the unicorn, as we said, that stands apart from everyone else. And also research shows you have nine seconds with a video to capture the audience's attention and maintain it. So after nine seconds, if they're no longer interested, they're clicking it off, which is one of the reasons I do think TikTok is so interesting and, and actually works for people because the video lengths are shorter, which might also be why Twitter is unique too, because the character length is shorter and you have to really know exactly what you're going to say in that short amount of space or character limits to really capture the attention of who your target is. Going back to the time consuming thing, I joked earlier that my children don't have a YouTube channel, but I don't think they realize what it would mean for us as a family if they were really devoted into creating said channel and trying to be like the families that they see on YouTube. So it looks really glamorous that the family's all, you know, working together and creating this content and making these episodes and they're too young to comprehend how these families probably eat, sleep, live, breathe to make said YouTube content and channels for their audiences. And getting 10 million followers is sometimes as easy as clicking to buy the bots. But if you want real followers, then you have to really put in the work. And so you have to be devoted to your craft. It's not just, hey, I think today I'll make a YouTube video and see what happens. <laughs> and that's true. I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of like if somebody was going to write a book and they're like, I'll just write a book about something fun or self-help. I'll just write a self-help book and people will buy it. Well, there's thousands of other people who are literally writing other self-help books and are good writers. And so there's a lot of competition. And why one person or one group becomes more popular than the others is part of the mystery. If there was a formula, everybody would do it and everybody would become popular and create that revenue stream. And I think for many, and especially for those who do become popular in some sense, there's something about their communication. They're able to communicate with their audience that is special, unique, and them as a person has something unique also. And that's also one thing to always think about is how am I contributing in a unique way and how am I able to communicate in a unique way? And today it's been a great conversation. Allison and Amanda, any last words? Come join our program. We'd love to have you. I was going to say the same thing. Communication is amazing and we have a great time interacting with our students and with each other and it's it's fun. Excellent. Thank you. And today we're speaking with Dr. Allison Slade and Dr. Amanda McLean about studying communication. And my name is Dr. Bjorn Mercer and thank you for listening. For more information about our university, visit us at studyatapu.com. APU. American Public University.